All right, thank you for joining us. Our show today, How One Man Cured Terminal Cancer with Lifestyle Changes Plus a Miracle Mindset. Today, you'll hear from a man who many would say had it all. He was a highly successful businessman, had a beautiful wife and daughter, plus was a big-time runner, which he thought would help keep him very fit and healthy. But a terminal cancer diagnosis changed everything. Our guest in his early 30s went to a routine physical in which his doctor noticed a mole on his body that turned out to be a dangerous form of skin cancer. He had it removed and after several exams seemed to be cancer-free. Unfortunately, that didn't last too long. The cancer came back and was spreading. So he did all kinds of conventional cancer care and none of it was working. But during his darkest days, Three visitors came to him and completely changed the course of his life. Don't go away, because what you're about to hear is truly life-saving information. Please join me in welcoming James Templeton to our show. James, welcome. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you, Jonathan. Uh, It's great to be with you as well, James. Look, in your early 30s, you were diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma. Tell us what happened. Well, I tell you, Jonathan, I was uh, a guy, a young guy, just a regular guy, and I was successful at business and had three little small businesses, but very successful. Uh, I lived on a farm, a beautiful farm in Texas, and I had a beautiful wife and a little daughter, and I thought I had everything going for me. I thought I had life by the tail, and uh, I even ran, and I ran a lot, and I was in pretty good physical fitness shape and I started to do all this because my father and my grandfather both died of heart disease at a very young age and I didn't want to be next. I didn't want this to happen to me so I got into this running thing and I heard about a guy back then, his name was Jim Fix and Jim Fix was a uh, kind of, I guess you could say, kind of a health fitness guru back then. And he wrote a book called The Complete Book of Running. And uh, I read this book, and this guy's father had died at a very young age. I believe it was like 35 years old or something, and and uh, very similar to my grandfather's age. And, and uh, he got into running. He got into fitness because he thought this would help stave off heart disease. So I really got into this. And uh, one day I went to the office, and I found uh, a newspaper there laying on my desk. And I looked at the headlines, and it said, uh, Fitness guru running runner uh, Jim Fix dies while jogging. And I just about fell over, you know, because here's the guy I was really looking up to, and he dies of of heart disease. So I got very upset over this and thought to myself, well, i did. I got to get checked out because maybe I'm not doing the right thing after all. So I need to really know what's really going on. So I went to a specialist to get one of these cardio stress tests done, and I went into the office, and uh, the, the doctor put me on a treadmill, and he got my heart rate up to a very high rate. And then he would just continue until I started to run and get it to a really high rate. And when I got through with the stress test, he told me, he says, you're in tremendous shape. He says, I think you broke the all-time record here in our office. And he went on to tell me, he says, listen, you know, 
uh, uh, I think you're going to go a long time. You're going to uh, live a long time with, in this kind of shape, so keep doing what you're doing. He says, the only thing I notice, he says, there's a mole on your back, and he says, it's a little suspicious looking. It looks a little different to me. And he says, I think you should just get it checked out when you get a chance. Go to a dermatologist, get it checked out. And he says, probably nothing, but that's what I would do if I was you. So I didn't think much about it, but a few weeks later I went and got it checked out, and I went into a dermatologist's office. Uh, the dermatologist uh, told me to take my shirt off, and, and uh, he came back and looked at my mole, and he just got all excited all of a sudden, and he started like, you know, uh, almost dancing in the room. And he says, oh, my God, he says, I think you have melanoma. And I was like, melanoma? What the heck is melanoma? I'd heard of it, but I didn't know much about it. He says, this is, this is a kind of cancer that you could die from. He says, it just looks like it to me. And he got all excited and was just very, 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 very I mean, almost thought he had a, won the lottery or something. And uh, I didn't like his bedside manner, and he went on to tell me that uh, we might have to remove a large portion of the tissue around on my back in that area. So I made up my mind right then. I didn't want no part of this guy. So I decided right then, I said to him, I said, I'll get back to you. You know, I'll get back to you. I'm going to uh, think about this. So I went home. I was very, very upset. And my wife says, why don't you get a second opinion? I think that would really help you because you don't know for sure if it's really melanoma yet. So I decided to go to another dermatologist, one I'd been to in the past, he looked at it, said it looks suspicious. He said it's probably nothing also, but he said, you know what, I'm going to send you to a good friend of mine, which is an oncologist. The oncologist uh, is world-renowned, and I think if you have to go to someone, this is the guy to go to. So I ended up in the oncologist's office. He looked at it, said it looks very suspicious to me also, but he says the only way we're going to really know is let's go in and just remove it. We'll do it right here in the office. He says, we can take it out right here. So he took a big, probably a two-inch square plug out of my back, and he says, you know, I'll send this to the lab, and uh, there's nothing else you can do, but just go home and wait for my phone call, and I'll call you in a few days. Well, I went home, and I worried. All I did was walk in circles. I don't even think I slept very well. And it was almost two weeks before I got a phone call, and I had been on pins and needles and the first thing the doctor says when he calls me, he says, James, he says, I've got some good news and i got some bad news for you today. And I heard that and I knew that that couldn't be good if he's telling me that. But he went on to tell me, he says, the good news is you have melanoma. And I'm like, good news, how could that be good? And he says, but the good thing about it is, is we got it all around that area, around the perimeter area. We don't see any signs of melanoma cancer. But he said the bad news is it's stage four because it's very deep. And very deep means it's stage four on something called the Clark scale. And he says this is not something that is good because chances are it's going to spread to other parts of the body. And after that, you know, I was just totally floored. And I, now I had stage four cancer that was probably going to spread somewhere. And the only thing he said I could do was come in and get checked out every three months. So I was a, just a total wreck, and uh, I went from this, this guy that was ambitious, a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, a guy that uh, 
you know, live to uh, exercise, to a guy that didn't want to do anything. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just just really, really just went down the drain. And I felt like I was going to be a goner. I don't know why I started feeling that bad other than, you know, I didn't even uh, know a lot about it. But I started to dig around and read what I could. We didn't have the Internet back then. And I started to find everything out I could about melanoma. And I found out that it wasn't a good thing to have stage 4 melanoma, and people a lot of times didn't live more than three years or so. And that really got me upset. And uh, I uh, just was not the same guy. It was very difficult to be around and uh, just just felt like my life was uh, over almost. But uh, after going to the doctor a couple of different times and with checkups, uh, everything seemed okay. Well, the doctor says, maybe we'll get lucky and we'll never see it again. Well, I got to thinking, well, maybe he's right. Maybe we won't. Maybe they got it all. Well, after a short period of time, uh, I found a lump in my growing area, and, and it really upset me because I knew that hadn't, couldn't be good. And uh, I was very, very upset over that. And uh, all along, my wife was, I think, kind of tired of, putting up with me, and uh, it just created a lot of problems with my marriage, all this stress I was going through, and before I knew it, my marriage came to an end. On top of this, now I found this lump, and uh, I was really, really kind of uh, a guy that uh, was just, you know, basically had almost given up at this point, and now I have to go to the doctor, and the doctor says, let's go in and let's see exactly what it is. So I went in and checked into the hospital. The doctor went in and did the surgery, and he says, uh, uh, he comes in the next morning, and I knew I wasn't in good shape because I had this large incision there, and I knew that wasn't good because it wasn't just some little bitty mini biopsy or something. So he comes in and he says to me, well, I'm sorry, he said, but the cancer has spread to your lymphatic system. He says that that's not what we wanted, of course, but now we've got to deal with it and we've got to get very aggressive because this cancer can really spread and, and uh, it, it uh, can spread really fast. And he said to me, I want you to do 80 chemotherapy treatments. And he said 80 chemotherapy treatments, and this is going to be experimental chemotherapy. Uh, we're going to elevate your temperature as high as we can, probably up between 104 up to 105, and then we're going to induce the chemotherapy. And he says, we'll do that after you recover from this surgery while you're here in the hospital. But he also went on to tell me that uh, I only had a 20% chance of surviving three to five years, and that is if I could get through the chemotherapy treatment. And if I didn't do the chemo, he didn't think I would have a very good chance at all of surviving very long. So I was very, very upset, very desperate, and I had to also do a lymph drainage pump every day because I had no lymph nodes. So there was a lot of things I had to do, and uh, it was uh, my whole life would, had really changed really quick. And uh, now I'm laying there in the hospital, and I'm and I'm desperate knowing that down inside there had to be something else I could do because this outlook didn't look very good to me. So I'm laying there, 
and I'm and uh, all of a sudden I get a phone call, and the phone call comes from a minister at a church that I went to, and uh, he calls me up and he says, James, this is Ron. He says, you know, I've been praying for you. I heard you had cancer. Uh, a lot of other people are praying for you, and he says, I want you to know that. Uh, you cannot give up. He says, you have to fight hard. And I don't want you to ever even think about giving up. It's very, very important. And he went on to tell me, he said, you know, you have to beat this SOB cancer. I mean, he said it the other way. But he said these words, and it got my attention. And I would never thought a holy man like this would, would say something like that. And he was a very, very uh, tough guy. He was an expert professional baseball player and also a runner like I had been but you know it shocked me but it got my attention it made me start to think that I had to fight and I had to find find something I had to really find an answer you know because uh, not just lay there and feel sorry for myself well I started to pray like really hard I prayed like I never prayed in my life I wasn't a real religious guy but I was a guy that went to church, you know, every once in a while and probably two or three times a month, and I, I would go, and, um, and that was about the, the extent of it. But I started to pray, and I felt like every cell in my body was praying. I never felt this kind of energy before around me. It just was the strangest energy, and it was this calming energy around me, and I felt like I was no longer alone and that I had someone that was with me and going to help me. And I felt this energy around me. And as soon as I stopped praying, I got a knock on the door. And it was a friend of mine that I hadn't seen for over seven years that came through that door. He was an old college buddy. And he had this piece of paper in his hand, these papers in his hand. And he's waving it around, and he comes in, and he says to me, he says, James, he says, I heard you were in here from a friend of ours. He said, uh, I just felt like I needed to come in and visit you, but I didn't know if it's a good time or not, and I was driving in the area, and I just something told me to come there, just came come there to see you. So I did, and I have this article from a friend of mine at, at work that he brought to me thinking it might help you, and it's about a guy that had cancer, and he cured himself using a diet and lifestyle. Well, I knew instantly I was going to do that. He didn't have to even tell me about it. I knew I was supposed to do that. I felt this energy from the prayer, and this was what I was supposed to do, that my answer, my prayer had been answered, and I knew this deep inside of my, in my spirit, in my body, my soul. I just knew that this was what I was supposed to do. So I got very excited because I started to read the article, and it was about a guy, and his name was Dirk Benedict. And Dirk Benedict wrote a book called Confessions of a Kamikaze Cowboy. And this book was about his journey uh, after being uh, uh, diagnosed. He actually wasn't really diagnosed. He knew he had cancer because he had all the signs. He had very advanced signs of prostate cancer at a young age. But he decided to go on this diet, and it was called a macrobiotic diet. And I'd never heard of that. I never heard anything about it. You know, usually you go to the doctor when you get sick. But I knew I was going to do it, and if it would help him, it would help me. And I had my friend go get the book, and he brought me back that book. 
and I read every bit of that book as fast as I could. I was all drugged up and everything, but I wasn't going to not read that. I wanted to know everything I could find out about this, this diet. So now I got excited. I started to gather some hope. I started to feel my will was starting to kick in, and I started to feel that, that uh, you know, I uh, had a positive outlook now. And the next day I got another knock on the door. And the door uh, came, through the door came my stepmother, and she had a book in her hand. And the book was about vitamin C and cancer, and it was uh, written by Linus Pauling and Ewan Cameron. And it was a book that talked about people with cancer, especially terminal cancer, that took high-dose vitamin C, survived for long, long periods of time as long as they took the, the vitamin C. And then when they stopped, they, a lot of times they would die. But, but it also talked about how important vitamin C could be for, for treating and helping people with cancer. So I got very excited. Now I felt like I had two things I could really use to my advantage, and I didn't know any of this. I wasn't, you know, uh, ever exposed to this kind of thinking. And now I was very excited, and I got one more knock on the, ne- the door the next day, and uh, it was a psychotherapist. He comes through the door. He wanted to talk to me. He heard I was very depressed, and he heard that, uh, you know, uh, people, the nurses had said it would be good for him to come talk to me. Well, he came in, and he asked if he could, and I said, sure, but I want to ask you something. And I asked him if he had ever heard of macrobiotics. He says, hold on a second. He goes across the hospital room, and he shuts the door. And he comes back. I thought he was going to leave the room. I didn't know what he was doing. He comes back, and he sits down, and he says, yes, I've heard of it. He says, "Uh, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. He says, "Uh, by the way, uh, you know, you don't seem so depressed. You seem like you're almost up about things. He said, I thought I would find a different person. But he went on to tell me that the, vitam- the uh, macrobiotic diet uh, helped so many people. But he says the only way it works for most people is that they really give it 100%. They have to do everything right. They can't cut corners. And he says, I've seen a lot of good things. I tried it. I couldn't stick with it because it takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, willpower to stick with it. But he says, I've seen tremendous things with this. I think you've got the right attitude that that maybe this would really help you a lot. It might even help you to heal. And I got very excited because now this confirmed everything I'd learned. And if he's going to say this in secret to manner, and he didn't want me to tell anybody because he's afraid he'd lose his job, he said, promise, I promised I wouldn't tell anybody. But he was very, very, uh, very, very positive and uh, secretive, and I knew that this was a very good thing. So I got very, very, you know, excited and felt this, my whole will, my whole, um, you know, the, the, the hope that I didn't have before really, really was starting to build, and um I, uh, before I knew it, it was time for me to go and do the five chemotherapy treatments, the first ones, which were like hell and back, getting through that. It was terrible, but I made it. And long story short, I ended up uh, going and getting, get, leaving the hospital, getting on the macrobiotic diet, 
and uh, and starting to get on it and trying to recover from the surgery. And uh, I did very well. And I started to feel things starting to come around, even though I was still weak from everything I'd been through. But before I knew it, it was time to do the five other treatments and uh, that were next, because every two months you had to do five treatments. And they must have doubled or tripled because I was so miserable and so sick that I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. It was terrible. And the doctor came in, and he told me that I wasn't really responding very well. That's why I was so sick and that he had hoped that I would respond. But my body wasn't doing very well. And, uh, And he said that that's all that he knew to do. And I asked him, what about if it was your son or daughter? Would you do the same thing? Even if they're dying, he says, well, that's all I know to do. That's exactly what I would do. And then he went on to tell me that, uh, you know, that vitamin C and uh, and a diet like I had discovered, he said, those don't really do much. He says, I wouldn't even think about stuff like that because I asked him. And then when he said that, and he says, uh, you know, when he said that, it really kind of got me upset a little bit. And then I said to him, I pushed him and pressed him a little bit, and I said, listen, you know, uh, you know, isn't there something else I can do? I'm going to die in here with this stuff. This is terrible, this stuff. He says, well, I'll tell you, we're all going to die someday. And when he said that, I raised up in the bed, and I was very weak, and I raised up in that bed, and I said, listen, here. I said, you SOB, if I could get out of this bed, I'd tear you apart. And I tell you what, he walked out like he'd seen a ghost, and I never saw that doctor ever again. And two nights later, I snuck out of the hospital at 2 in the morning, and uh, I just I just had to get out of there. And, and, and I didn't even hear from the doctor's office for two years later, wanting to know if I was still alive. But that was the, the time right then when I rolled up my sleeve and decided that I was going to go to war and I was going to do everything. I was going to scratch, claw, you know, uh, do anything I had to to beat this cancer. And I wasn't going to look back. If it didn't work for me, it wasn't going to work for anyone else. And I think that's when the real healing started because I got really mad and I just had had enough and uh, just didn't want to look back and, and uh, was going to go for broke. You know, we talk all the time, James. It's an incredible story about how you really have to sometimes hit rock bottom, but you have to really make the decision to take control of your own health. It's not a cliche. You've got to really be, like you say, all in, jump in with both feet, both arms, and really do everything you can for yourself. Because if you're going to depend on somebody else to help you out, you know, that that may be a long time waiting and it may never happen at all. So as we close out with a few minutes more, why don't you just get into a little bit more the kind of foods you had, the soups. It's interesting how such a small world, James, you don't even know anything about me, but I've studied with Michio and Aveline Cushy, Ed Esco, you know, all the top macrobiotic instructors in the late 80s, early 90s. This is what I actually did was it was the first introduction to natural health and healing was through the macrobiotic instructors in Brookline, Massachusetts, and out of Boston, and also ending up working with them in uh, the Berkshires of Massachusetts and then down in Florida as well. 
So I was sort of like the way I characterize it. I was a hippie in the 80s because I was just born in the 60s. I didn't get a chance to take a, you know, get involved in that kind of a movement. So I was really involved with macrobiotics early on, but it did teach me a lot about the healing properties of food. So why don't you go into it just a little bit? We only have a, a short bit of time left. Some of the foods that you were eating, what you liked, what you had most of the time that really helped you, and also this collagen connection that you talk about that stops cancer. Get into that a little bit, too. Okay, Jonathan. That's uh, nice to hear that you were there. Uh, we might have been uh, there almost at the same time because I lived there for, I don't know, for four years or so and worked at the Cushy Institute myself. And, and uh, it's interesting. There's a lot of people came through there. But, you know, the macrobiotic diet, you know, is very, very detoxifying. And, you know, it helps to restore your proper gut flora because you're eating a lot of, like, miso soup and fermented foods and on a regular basis. And at the time, you know, I just was doing it and didn't understand it totally the way I should. But now I've looked back at it over the years and understood why it works so well. But it keeps you very uh, regular. It's good for elimination. It helps to balance your pH, you know, because cancer lives in a, an acidic environment. It helps to alkalinize your body on a healthy level. And, and, of course, it uses all organic foods that are really uh, cancer-fighting foods. They're cruciferous vegetables or a huge amount of cruciferous vegetables every day. But the diet really consists of about 50% whole grains. And organic, of course, everything was organic. 25% uh, or so vegetables. On a, This is kind of like on a regular basis every day if you took a pie and drew it into percentages. And 10% of beans, like lentils, chickpeas, aduki beans, those were kind of the staples, the smaller beans. That was the, the soups, 10% soups, like miso soup and other vegetable soups. On a regular basis, every day, 10% were soups. And 5% of the diet had to do with sea vegetables, seaweeds, that are very high in anti-cancer properties. So all the foods that, were, that we ate, along with some seeds and nuts and healthy oils, uh, were all very, very healthy, very, very detoxifying. And when you eat a diet like this and you, and you chew your food like I did 180 times a mouthful, they recommend, I think, 50. But I did, I said if 50 is good, 180. So I was like this guy that sat, sat in the corner <laughs> chewed my food, like till it was liquefied many times over. But I know that this was very, very helpful for me because when you have cancer, you've got a lot of toxicity in the body, and you've got to get the toxins out. And this diet is like pushing a broom through your body or something. It really cleanses your body, and uh, you want to take the load off the immune system. And uh, I also discovered a very, very important thing and I was doing the vitamin C that I found out about from Linus Pauling. But I also discovered down the road that cancer is a collagen disease. And this was uh, a study done by Linus Pauling and a doctor, Matthias Rath. And they did a study, it was a 15-year study, and they found that when people with most kinds of cancers, the common ones you find, uh, when they did high amounts of vitamin C, lysine, proline, and EGCG, which is a green tea extract, that people d 
did very, very well, and in some cases did stop the cancer, 100% of the cancer from spreading. And cancer spreads through the collagen tissue, through the connective tissue in the body, and that's how it metastasizes. It uses an enzyme that's called nagalase that it can bore itself through those tissues and create havoc by spreading to different organs and other tissues. And the body is made up, most of the body is made up of, of collagen. So it's very important that this study showed that when you take high amounts of the vitamin C and the other, the other uh, ing- uh, supplements, that it worked very, very well. But uh, it was amazing, you know, when I discovered this. And now I knew why the vitamin C, the high amounts, the 20,000 milligrams of vitamin C I took all those years and at the beginning, along with a macrobiotic diet that was so detoxifying and so nutritious and so uh, uh, naturally alkalinizing uh, and pH balancing and why I got well. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a... Uh, a shock at all. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other supplements? You mentioned vitamin C, lysine. Are there other supplements or other therapies that you did, you know, during your battle back, if you will, successfully, or even perhaps what you're doing now to keep cancer cells at bay? Yes, there's a lot of supplements that I use. And uh, of course, everything's in my book. And I even have the core supplements that I use that, that I use on a regular basis for prevention. Because once you have cancer, you can't just, uh, you know, think, well, I'm over the cancer. I don't have to worry anymore. No, I've been taking vitamin C all these years, and I've been taking lots of supplements all these years. But a lot of the, the things, you know, the lysine I talked about is so important because lysine uh, helps to, to uh uh, destroy nagalase, which is that enzyme that the cancer cells use to metastasize. So that's very important. We don't, our bodies don't manufacture vitamin C or lysine. And proline is important because it increases the uh, collagen. You know, it helps to support and increase the le- the levels of collagen also. But the other things that I use a lot are enzymes. Very very, very important enzymes I've found to be very important. There's been, you know, 100-year research, over 100 years of, of research with enzyme therapy. And the enzymes, I find, are very, very important because cancer cells, after, after a while, they developed a membrane around the cancer cell that is a fibrinogen uh, member, uh, uh, layer membrane that kind of protects those cancer cells from our immune system. So these enzymes and taking in high amounts, especially between meals, help to strip this membrane, you know, of the cancer cells so that our immune system can recognize it. And uh, the thing about it is, is people that have cancer, I've also discovered through different studies that people that have cancer have a low enzyme bank. Their enzymes are very depleted, and enzymes are probably our body's most important mechanism for for uh, destroying cancer on a daily basis, because we all have cancer cells in our body. So it's very important that uh, we all are taking care of ourselves, keeping our immunity very strong. But the things that I use for that on a regular basis are a lot of different antioxidants, astaxanthin, which is a 
kind of an algae that's uh, grown in the, I mean, it grows in the Hawaii Island area, is very, very high antioxidant. It's higher than almost any antioxidant anywhere. And I take that every day, and I take things for, like, curcumin. Curcumin is very important, you know, because it's inflammation, but curcumin uh, destroys cancer cells. And, I, you know, I do the uh, uh, colon cleanser on a regular basis because I want to get as much fiber in my body as I can. Fiber is a prebiotic, acts as a prebiotic because, you know, probiotics, which I also take, uh, the good bacteria is up to 80% of our immunity. So it's very important to have a good gut health, really strong gut health. And uh, I use, uh, you know, that on a regular basis, and I take uh, thymus gland, which is a thymus product that I use to help build up your immune system. Thymus is the immune gland. I take spleen, raw spleen, on a regular basis. I take the apricot pits. B17, which is very high in uh, small amounts, not high, but small amounts in laetrile. And laetrile, you know, from the people that I've interviewed myself, you know, it seems to be one of the key factors for a lot of people that had extreme difficult to heal cancers was laetrile therapy, which you can only usually get in Mexico. But I found uh, that that, that works uh, really well for people. And I use, um, you know, like vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin D3. I use about 10,000 IUs a day of that on a regular basis because that I found that vitamin D works very well. Vitamin E, uh, you know, I use on a regular basis. But the probiotics are very, very important, as I talked about. And I believe that everyone should, you know, take something like B vitamins, you know, to help with stress. Stress is not not healthy at all because when you're under a lot of stress, that can floor your immunity, and it's so important. And, uh, you know, I, I take magnesium. I take a multiple vitamin every day because in this day and time, the food doesn't have the vitamins and minerals as it used to. And I also don't follow a strict, strict macrobiotic diet, Jonathan, the way I used to, I use the the macrobiotic principles, but I have learned uh, over the years that I needed more uh, protein in my diet, so I use lean proteins like organic chicken, organic turkey, uh, and occasionally red meat that's, uh, you know, uh, range-fed, uh, organically uh, grown if you can find it, but you want the cleanest uh, that you can find, and I do have some fish. I limit my fish because, you know, there's high mercury content out there and in the fish, so you want to limit it, and you want to eat the white meat fish is probably better, like, the like uh, you know, halibut, Alaskan halibut, things like that I find work pretty well for people. But you want a variety, and uh, it's very, very important but, you know, I don't eat as much grain as I used to because I've found that there's a lot of cadmium and arsenic in the, in the brown rice that, that uh, people are eating. So I kind of limit that more, too, and I'm trying to keep the toxins down. You don't want to, you know, cancer's caused from excess toxins in the body, whether it's heavy metals, chemicals, pesticides, 
herbicides, fungicides, you name it, you know, chem, uh, household chemicals, you know, radiation from the environment. Radiation, and a lot of people don't even talk about radiation, but from these nuclear facilities, from Fukushima, from different areas, airborne radiation, you know, is almost like a silent killer sometimes. And, and it's probably the most immunosuppressive thing other than parasites, which I also want to, you know, let people know that if you have cancer, you need to make sure there's no parasites in your system because parasites and yeast and fungus are huge, huge uh, uh, immunosuppressive things, and you've got to clean up from the ground up and, and then rebuild, and the body should, you know, get a lot better, you know, and you got to have your mind, body, and spirit all, all uh, working, and, and uh, you know, we're constantly exposed to a toxic world out there, and you can't just assume that uh, you can, you know, that uh, your your cancer's gone, and and uh, you don't have to change your ways anymore. And you got to get the sugar out. Sugar feeds cancer. Glucose, you know, is cancer's favorite thing. And and the more sugar that we have, most people out there are eating uh, up to 180 pounds of sugar a year which is just crazy. And they're just, you know, from anything that turns into sugar, it doesn't have to be white sugar. It can be a lot of things. But it's very, very, very uh, important to support yourself, eat a diet, a clean diet. And also there's a lot of other therapies that I use, like a far-infrared sauna. Far-infrared sauna is probably the best thing you can use. You can get portable ones out there nowadays, so they're not expensive. Uh, you can uh, really tell the difference when you detoxify on a regular basis to get all this stuff out. No matter how healthy you think you are, you're still absorbing toxins. So, you know, getting well is available. You just have to start to see the results. And once you start to believe, and 50% or more, I believe, is believing. And once you see the results and feel better, then then the healing really can kick in, and it's amazing how far you can go. So well said. This is definitely a podcast that you should be listening to two, three times. There's a lot of information that James just put out, and I'm not kidding. You really should take it all in a couple times, three times, take some notes, and really process a lot of what James was talking about. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and want to say thanks, give us a five-star review over at iTunes. And I've got another great way for you to say thanks. Plus, you'll keep your immune system healthy and strong at the same time. Head over to the naturalhealth365store.com. Check out some of our many high-quality nutritional supplements in our store. You'll love it, and we really appreciate your support. James, that was an outstanding show. Thanks for being with us. Do you have any final words for our audience? Maybe talk about the Templeton Wellness Foundation? Yes, the Templeton Wellness Foundation is a foundation I created, and it's uh, relatively new. And I created it because I got tired of my friends, family, colleagues all coming down with cancer and dying. And I knew that I had a good story, and I needed to get, get my story out there to help as many people as I could and to give them hope. And I interview people. I interview late-stage cancer survivors. Uh, most of them are stage four, and they've survived for 10 years or more, and I let you know exactly what they did through these interviews. 
in the things that they do today and, and why they survive. A lot of them were given six months to, to live, and they're around, some of them 20, 30 years later. So I've done this, and I really think that it's uh, very important because if people, other people can do something, why can't we, you know? It doesn't mean it's, it's attainable. If it can work for them, why can't it work for us? So that's why I do that. I also have a restaurant guide that uh, is, uh, will give you the healthiest restaurants in America. You can go on. There's a map. You can select your area. You can find all the very best of the best restaurants available in America because when you're trying to be healthy and trying to have a life and travel, it's very important to be able to go and uh, do things and uh, I, I wanted to provide that. I wanted people to know that we check each one of these out, and uh, it's very important to uh, stay on the path to health. And if you also go to IUsedToHaveCancer.com, you can get three free downloads. And the first download is my favorite uh, five fabulous supplements that I think are the most important core supplements. And also, there's another download that are my 10 favorite recipes for uh, cancer-fighting recipes, the top 10 cancer-fighting recipes. And the other download is the things that I do on a regular basis, a glimpse of my daily routine, the things that I have uh, done over the years for prevention that I think can really help people. But all the proceeds from my book go to the foundation. And I really want to get the word out there and help as many people as I can. There you go. Check out James. I used to have cancer.com, templetonwellness.com. That's all for today, but we'll have many more great shows for you coming soon. Thanks again for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.